Good morning and welcome to this Trinity Sunday. You know, the early church sometimes discussed very weighty matters and great council gatherings. One of these discussions was centered on the nature of the Trinity. Now, the Trinity, as we speak of it today, is God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the classic definition forged through the continuing work of church councils. History tells us these councils were not a series of measured debates. Far from it. There were several parties all coalescing around their own beliefs about the very nature of God and God's interaction with humanity. This was not a particularly joyful experience. We have numerous reports from the era stating that tensions boiled. Regrettable words were said. There were physical altercations, excommunications from both sides. And that was just within a gathering of bishops. We have writings suggesting that regular people who were arguably more concerned about getting food on the table for that day were much more interested in that rather than the natterings of these bishops. It was these working people who paid a steep physical price should they have held a different set of beliefs than those of their bishop. The whole process seemed to be more about winning rather than discovering truth and then loving that truth above all else. Now, we don't know why it had to be like this. Maybe it didn't. Working together to discover more about God should be a joyful experience in collaboration. It would have been healthy for some, maybe, to admit that they did not hold all of the answers, to agree that maybe the lesser voices in the room had experiences of God in their own midst, and then take that reconciliation out into the world. And even so, through all of these deep divisions, the bishops persevered. They did not give up. And the result is mostly the Nicene Creed that we will say right after this homily. All of this and more, both glorious and ignoble, went into forging the church's own admittedly imperfect understanding of the same Trinity that we celebrate today. Titillating history. But what does that have to do with us today in this time? For most of us, the last month has been confusing. It seems like our own nation, at a national level, simply cannot come to grips with itself. And if our nation is unclear about how to treat the grievances of its citizens, does it follow that we, we the people, are unclear on how we should treat one another. After all, no matter what anyone says, 
Each of us are this nation. Every single one of us. And so how can we forge justice and love between us all? Just when it seems like a glimmer of mutual understanding might, just might flare into the fire of love and peace, that very thing we all say we desire in its fullness elusively slips our grasp. And real people who just want to put the day's food on the table are marginalized, are criticized, and are killed. You know, secular and sacred history gives us insight into the conflicts that were happening in Israel just before and during the life of our Lord Jesus. We know this, the Apocrypha from the Hebrew Bible tells story after story of unrest and the mighty toll that it took upon the people of God. Remember the names, Mattathias and Judas Maccabees, Judas of Galilee, even Jesus called Simon Zealot to be an apostle, a man whose very name signifies his part in Israel's struggle. So yes, even the people of Israel knew struggle. And some of those who did not bend the knee knew death. And friends, then, in the midst of all of that, God acted. The great hope of the people provided the only son, Jesus of Nazareth, a son who embodied all that was missing in that world and so much more. It was Jesus who stood up for the crushed and scorned by those who derided them as subhuman. It was Jesus who laid the foundation for understanding, reconciliation, and action. Then and now, the people of God are not without a compass. In Jesus Christ, we have a rock in times of unrest, a redeemer who sees injustice, iniquity, and forgives. A deep forgiveness that has the power to pave the way for true reconciliation and a meaningful way forward. There is nothing more important to our Christian identity and our nation than to listen to each other and to follow that listening with strategic action, unencumbered by posturing and sound bites and photo ops. The fruits of that we have already seen. Jesus, our Lord, sees us as we are and yet still pushes and pulls and cajoles and tasks us with the hard and self-reflective work that it takes to be better day by day. The Lord sends us out into the world to baptize, to love, and to serve Him in every person of this world. 
because of whose we are and to whom we belong. To do justice by each other and to serve the Christ in each other is part and parcel of a life in Christ. Jesus calls us to change how we apprehend and respond to the image of God in every human being. Jesus started with individuals. And what is before us also begins with us individually. And this is why we are hopeful. Each of us has experienced the hope, the love, the encouragement, the forgiveness, and the purpose found in Jesus Christ. We know that our Lord works in our lives. And we know that our Lord works in the world through us as individuals. We see this. We've experienced this. We know this to be true. Let the people of St. Michael continue to be instruments of hope, of love, of forgiveness, and action in this hour. It is in the very DNA of St. Michael and all angels to seek new ways to engage and honor the image of God in everyone we meet. Jubilee Park, our mission work, our outreach, suggests that we are moving in a good direction. Are we done? No. Can we do more to help our sisters and brothers find the justice that we demand for ourselves? Of course. Of course we can. To say otherwise would be foolish. We, as St. Michael's, are uniquely positioned to hear the voices of the people of color in our own parish, in our neighborhood, in our cities, and our mission partners, and then act to carry the burdens of others is an honor. The discovery of who God calls us to be in this very hour is not a burden. This is what we do as the people of St. Michael. Let us as the people of God lead our nation into its fullest expression of liberty and justice for all, for all. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we ask you to strengthen us to persevere in hope. Love us and guide us. And let us be the instruments of your peace until the end of the age. And it is through Christ we pray. Amen.